Ha! Huh. So close. This is happening in Auburn, Alabama. It's a, we're a football school, but we're also an everything school. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Joined by Daryl Dappers as we recap this 80-77 to loss at the hands of the West Virginia Mountaineers. This is the Henry Service Company post-game show. More about our friends at Henry's in just a moment. Auburn was down by 17 at one point in the first half, Daryl. And I guess the, the positive way to look at this is, well, they stormed back, but should they ever have been in that big of a hole to begin with? And personally, I think the answer to that is no. No, I think at this point in Bruce Pearl's tenure and the uh, the rise and ascension of this basketball team, yeah. you don't count moral victories, period. I, yeah. I understand feeling confident about or feeling good about at least drawing on something. Maybe the coaches will saying, hey, you build on this second half the way Auburn played as you go now back into league play. But at the end of the day, you look at the sum of all the parts and Auburn lost a game that was very winnable at the end of the day if they would have done anything, anything in the first half and not come out and looked atrocious. And see, that's the disappointing part is the way they performed against Texas A&M Wednesday night. You would think that they would come out with their hair on fire. They came out and looked disinterested, sloppy, shot the basketball terrible, one of its best players was on the side of a milk carton in the first half in Broome, and then they woke up. But by then, you're down 17. It's too hard. This team is not built. And, I, and they almost proved me wrong. I just don't think this team is built to, with, you know, to, to, to come all the way back like previous Bruce Pearl teams have. Yeah, I mean, because they don't have that shooter that can get hot and look Auburn Auburn played great in the second half from a scoring perspective I mean obviously it'd be down as much as you were and to rally back and make it close uh, at the end there you've got to outscore them but like you just look at it there was no like explosion whatsoever from behind the arc I mean you were six of 19 which is fine in fact if you would have told me that Auburn shot 31 percent from three and uh, 49% from the floor of this game, I actually would have said, okay, I think Auburn wins. I think that's enough for Auburn to win. I would have taken that. And in fact, I'd probably take that in most games moving forward just because, Daryl, that's kind of where we are when you look at offensive efficiency on this team. But just from three, Wendell one of five, Jalen one of three, Allen one of four, KD one of five, Trey one of one, Leor one of one. Like, nobody made more than one three. And so the fact that they were able to just kind of like put their head down and climb back into this, like that's great, right? Like if you would have told me that, it's like, oh my gosh, Auburn probably loses by more than three. But it's just, there's something missing with this team and we've said it all season. And all of you in the comment sections have said it all season. Is it's, there's no elite shooter on this team. And the guy that I think it is, is Jalen Williams. And like, he was fine. He went seven of 11 today. He only shot three threes because he's just an efficient basketball player. Maybe he didn't have the open looks, but like he's still only shooting at 11 times, which is way more than the five that we saw in the loss against Texas A&M earlier in the week. But just the balance, Daryl, the balance of this team offensively, it just doesn't make sense to me. And it looks different every game. 
Well, this team is what it is, and I don't see it changing uh, for the rest of the year. It's a real simple analysis is that if Auburn plays teams that they can get taking advantage of points in the paint and are bigger than down low, they'll win. If they play teams that have elite guards that are with good size, Boogie Johnson, the Memphis kid, Stevenson, uh, the kid at Texas A&M the other night, any guard that's over 6'3 that can play Mm -hmm. is going to eat our freaking lunch because our guards are 5'10 and 5'11. It is what it is. You can't have Wendell Green hang from a bar and stretch and become 6'3". He tries, he fights, he scratches, but guard play is getting Auburn beat right now. And it's because they can't defend bigger, better physical guards. And look, if they go, whoever plays Auburn, the formula is there. Buzz Williams gave them the formula That's Wednesday right. night on how to beat Auburn. If AM, if anybody can, if Auburn shoots 40% the other night against AM, that's a different game. They, teams that want to beat Auburn are just going to say, we're going to take away the inside. We're going to force you to beat us from the three point land. If you can, we'll tip our hat. But yeah. if you can't, you're going to get beat. And this is exactly what happened. Auburn is exactly who they are right now in January. It's the same team they were in November. They haven't evolved. They haven't. Imp- now, they'll win some games down the stretch. And I still you don't think, think they've gotten better to- shooting. Since January, I mean, I guess I feel like they have, but like, I feel like they're worse defensively than they used to be. So, like, well, I, I mean, is it a yeah, net positive? I don't know, but I do think they've improved some on offense. Well, the shooting, shooting, you're saying shooting in a generic term. Where have they improved from shooting on the floor? When I say improved shooting, I'm talking about from out behind the paint. Yeah, they're uh, shooting. That's, pers- that's probably true. I mean, it was just the, the I mean, they're so shooting, low, Daryl. It was just yeah, so low in January. I mean, their shooting percentage has improved because they played some Smurfs that they took advantage of and were plus 26 in the paint. Why wouldn't it? And remember, against Georgia, they missed seven bunnies around the basket. Anybody? That's right. I mean, they, they've improved in the paint. Therefore, the shooting percentage has gone up. Where they haven't improved is from the outside, from the perimeter, or from behind the three-point line. And Mm -hmm. that's why I say, because they haven't improved in those areas, teams will expose that and force them to keep shooting it from there. And unless Auburn magically starts making those, uh, you know, look, I still think they're a tournament team. I still think they win some games down the stretch, enough to get them to the 2021 plateau and get the tournament. But is it just about getting to the tournament now? Is that what we've become with a team that's been to the Final Four and – has won SEC tournament and regular season championships? I don't think so. I think the bar is higher. Uh, I think it's. I think it should be for sure. Clay says we have a whole team of really good role players, and that that's. I mean, that's what this team is. When you look at what they had last year, they had this team right with two NBA draft picks, and and, and it worked. And so, I mean, I've gotten some comments uh, just on the Locked On Auburn page this week about like. Yeah, are you concerned that like there's there may not be a whole lot of roster turnover? And like I'm not because you've got a lottery guy, a potential lottery guy coming in. Like an Aiden Holloway changes this team. It changes this team, I think, Daryl. Yeah, it's, it's just they just don't have that dude. And like I think Wendell is that dude sometimes. And like he was fine today. Um, I, I say that he was two of ten, like which isn't which obviously isn't great. I feel like he scored more than that, but I guess he didn't. Um, it's like, that's a problem, right? Like the leader of your team going two for 10. I hate that. Um, 
Like Jalen Williams stepped up seven over 11. Janai Broom somehow with 15 points after going to, he had zero in the first half, right? He did. Yeah. He was yeah, non-existent. So, like, so that's impressive. Allen scoring 13 on nine shots. KD surprisingly. Okay. Today. Uh, I still don't think it's worth it. Even when he's sh- like feeling it, like, is he, should KD ever shoot it nine times? Like, no, I don't think so. But this is the way we were. That's the way it was today. You know, you make a good point about how you feel like Holloway. We make, you know, I I think that's an interesting point about Holloway changing the ascension of this team. And I hope that happens. But I'm not going to get caught in that web again. Because if you would have told me last year, I would have said Trehor and Westry are going to severely change this team, drastically change this team. And they haven't. Broom has been the only newcomer by way of transfer that has made an impact and made this team better. By way of and anything, I, any newcomer, whatever. Now, I will say Donaldson, credit where credit's due, had one Don't of his better games. Don't do it. He, Don't well, he had it. one of his better games today. He played better today. I mean, he had seven points. You know, he had two rebounds. He had an assist. He was three of four shooting. And he had zero turnovers. Zero. Yeah. You take that in 10 minutes. Yeah. Sure. As a backup point guard, that's a good stat line. If he can do that consistently down the stretch – but then Wendell's got to play better. Look, I, I I absolutely praised him exactly a week ago as an elite point guard. He's got the ball on his string. So I got to be fair. He, mm-hmm. he's, he's played atrocious the last two games. I mean, he has. He had nine points, but he turned it over way too much. His shooting percentage is bad. His decision-making is bad. He's got to yeah. wake up. All right, Daryl, we get asked this every week. We'll touch on it again. Jeff asked, why didn't Bruce get a shooter from the portal? Doesn't have to be a potential first rounder, just someone who can shoot threes with even average consistency. Steven was Stevenson was the difference for West Virginia. Stevenson was a freak today. He was incredible. He ended up with 30, exactly 30. Daryl did he score another one? He scored another one. He 31, had he has he had 30. Yeah. Uh, Jeff and to uh, probably other people have asked this since we've been live in the last 10 minutes. We were in a situation where, like, why would a guard come here through the portal? Like, why would an established shooter? come here because you look at it and it's like, all right, well, they, they were bringing in, uh, they were bringing in Trey Donaldson, which was his hot shot point guard. And we kind of looks like we promised him playing time. And he's certainly getting it. Then all of your guards came back. Like you didn't lose any guards. You know, you, you lost, you lost a forward and, and a center. And so you have all of these dudes with all these, all this experience with Zepp and Wendell and KD. And so, and, and, and then even Chance, which I didn't realize we were like pursuing him as a guard, but yeah, with Chance Westry as well. So like, why, why would a solid shooter have chosen to come here? Because the minutes weren't there. And so my concern, Daryl, is we're going to be in the same situation after this season. Because like you lose Zepp, but you, you, you get Aiden. I don't the, think the, we'll be, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like I, I don't think you, you can possibly Wendell. be. No. And I don't think you can process KD. Well, here's the deal. You can't let this crap go on two years in a row, so you better do something. I, I don't know how you can't start processing kids. You cannot do it two years in a row. You look across the state, and, 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 and Nate Oates, you know, last year saw that he had a chemistry problem. He had some in, def, def, deficiencies, and so he processed some kids, and he brought some kids in. You have to. Because if what I'm hearing is true, when before the season started and I was doing the radio show, there were some pretty good sources telling us that Stevenson wanted to come to Auburn, but Bruce wasn't ready to part with Flanagan and give Flanagan less minutes, so Stevenson looked elsewhere. 
So I think what your point that you made was exactly dead on bullseye accurate, Zach, is that who was going to come here thinking they were going to get no minutes? So that's why you lose out on some kids. You can't let that happen two years in a row. You have to open it up and say, I'm going to have a spot for you, son, if you want to come here because you can shoot lights out and average 23 a game like the kid from Eastern Michigan. Yeah, Jeff responding by saying, yeah, Berman is getting minutes as a walk-on. Yeah, only because like Chris Moore. Only because Chris Moore went down. That's mm-hmm. that's that's the only reason. And that's not and at that point we're not talking about guards, right? We're talking about the issue is the two. I'm fine with point guard play. Most nights. And and Wendell's inconsistent. Like you're gonna get as high as you're gonna get as low as you gotta live with both. Because the highs are worth it. They just are. The it, it's all the, the two. And some of that is like there's just not a dude on the roster. So like you gotta put your probably best point guard on the team, Zep, at the two, and it just doesn't work. It just doesn't look right. He doesn't look comfortable. I think he would probably agree that he's much more comfortable on ball versus off ball, but Bruce wants Wendell to lead the team, and some nights it works, some nights it doesn't. But I just look at the three, right? Like, I look at I look at Chris Moore. I look at Alan Flanagan. I look at Lior and all of that. Like, that's – I just don't think that that's the issue, <laughs> Daryl. And, and and I know we can, we, can, we can look at certain issues, like certain things, and it's like, yeah, I mean – these are college basketball players. I think sometimes we judge these kids like they're NBA players, and they're not. They're not. I don't know if Auburn has an NBA player on this roster right now, unless West Year or Trey or turn into something next year, which I think we all hope that that happens. But, like, Alan Flanagan gets okay. Like, sure, he's going to have nights where he turns it over seven times, but like, he's going to have good outings too. Like, these are college basketball players. They're not going to be They're not going to be super consistent. That's just what we're dealing with here. Uh, and, and if you want to like move the goalpost or whatever, like, that's cool. You can do whatever you want. I'm just telling you, my opinion is these guys are fine. The issue is there's no elite shooter at the two. And really there's no even like solid shooter at the two. Cause Zep doesn't want to shoot the basketball, which is a shame. And, and KD is like, I, I think KD is not worth putting on the floor at this point. And I know he had like his best scoring output of conference play, but like, it's not worth it. I just don't think it's worth having him on the floor, Daryl. Well, that's it. Yeah, I think that he, when he comes in the game, in order for him to make an impact, he has to do certain things well. If he doesn't do those things and does things that are the opposite of that, he's not worth having on the floor. He has lost confidence shooting the three. Yeah. His defensive tenacity has got him overplaying the ball a little bit. Sometimes his hyper aggressiveness has him going to the basket and taking bad shots and getting offensive fouls called on him or just throwing it on the top of the rim. But I want to make this point before I forget, because I think that a lot of times I love looking at a game in increments and saying, okay, Auburn lost this basketball game, and we can look at all the stats and all the big picture things. But sometimes basketball games come down to individual empty possessions. And there are two possessions that in a basketball game that ended up being a three-point game When they happened, they looked bad but didn't look as fatal because Auburn was still down double digits. When Auburn missed a layup, Wendell Green missed a layup to cut it to three, West Virginia raced back down the floor and got a three-point play. That's a five-point swing. That happened once. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then Auburn has another chance late in the second half, down five, grabs a rebound underneath the basket, doesn't have strong hands. The ball starts going out of bounds. Auburn tries to save it. They throw it back in underneath their own goal, and West Virginia hits a three. Okay, at the time, you look at those and go, come on now, Daryl, two two plays, two sequences can't cost you a basketball game. 
they can because when at the end of the day, like this one, when it, it ends does, like yeah. this, you look back and you go, those two empty possessions that turned into threes for West Virginia were the difference in the basketball game. Execute those, tighten mm-hmm. up on those, quit doing that dumb crap, throwing the ball under the basket. How many times have we said, Zach, this year, Auburn had a chance for a rebound. It got tapped out right. of their hands or slipped out of their hands. The other team hit a three. Clean those kind of things up. They matter. That's right. That's right. All right. A lot of people in the comment section, they are talking about players that aren't playing. So let's discuss that in a moment. Right here on Locked on Auburn, this is the Henry Services Company postgame show. Give our friends at Henry's a call, 334-288-2700. If the country roads are taking you home and you realize that your uh, your house is messed up or your business is messed up from a plumbing or an HVAC, or an electrical standpoint, they have you covered. If you're in the Montgomery Tri-County area, Daryl, which you are, and your business yes. is, and yes. you trust Henry's Service Company with both your home and your company, which I think means everything, right? Well, it's, it's where you spend most of your time, is <laughs> your house and your business, right? <laughs> that's, that's I right. mean, a third, a, two-thirds of your life, I mean, the only other thing I could trust them with, I guess, is my bed when I'm asleep. But And they do everything. I mean, it's right. HVAC, it's plumbing, it's electrical. And that's the key when you have a one-stop shop. When you own a business, you're running a business, or you own a home, you don't want to have to call three or four different people. It's so nice to call one. Yeah, a lot of times uh, there's an issue that it involves like multiple things, and they can just they can handle it all. You don't have to worry about uh, yes. calling other yes. people. So no question about it. Give them a call, 334-288-2700, Alabama license number 00021. Folks are asking about Treyor and Westry. Daryl, who do you want to start with first as we discuss this topic? Treyor, because interestingly enough, I think he came off his best basketball game of the year against South Carolina and hasn't seen a minute since. And that's intriguing and interesting to me. Westry, his his narrative has been kind of being played out the last three weeks or a month. Treyor, it's been sudden, and it's it, it's got me – you're very, very puzzled as to why a kid that had his best game on the road in the SEC of the season right. has yet to to get a minute. And, and I don't know. It's not an injury, I don't think. Maybe it is, and we don't know about it. But that's the one that really puzzles me. And that's the one that I don't know if Bruce has been asked that in his press conference. I, I hope somebody does say, look, the kid had his best game of the year against South Carolina. Why has he not played another minute? Make Bruce explain that. Not that – I'm second-guessing, Bruce. I'm saying there's probably a viable, legitimate reason because Bruce Pearl's going to put the best on the floor that gives him a chance to win. Right. So there's got to be something there, and I'm a little puzzled by it. I uh, I am too. I'm puzzled by it as well. You got to think it's worth it. And just talking to players, like I asked them, and it's folks that have been honest with me, in the past, they're like, it's not injuries. They just they have shifted out of the rotation. And so I guess the upside of what Westry or Trey or bring isn't worth taking minutes away from anybody at the four. And the Westry, we pretty much only saw him at the one, which is weird. Like that will continue to be weird for me, especially with Holloway coming in. How how Westry, Holloway, and Wendell are all going to coexist at the same time is very, very interesting to me. I, I don't know if they can. Um, 
I, I don't know what exactly that looks like, but we may just have to, uh, we may have to see if Westry can move. We may see if one of the two guys that are currently on the roster transfer, which I don't think will happen. Wendell can't, I don't think he's on pace to, I don't think he's like expected to graduate this semester or anything like that. It's like, I don't think he can cause he's already transferred. He transferred to Auburn. So it, it's weird, man. It's a weird, weird situation. It is, and that's where you get into the whole fact of looking at your roster and roster reconstruction for next year and saying, okay, look, at the end of the day, I think Bruce Pearl has an idea of what style he wants to play, what he considers to to have brought him to this point in his career and all the success he has. He's done that based upon a certain way and style and schematic way he plays basketball. I just think that right now, like when Clay made that, that comment earlier about a bunch of role players. I don't know if the personnel Mm. is fitting the style that he wants to play. I guess that's my question because I can remember going crazy in the final four year and going, why are we on a three on one and we're throwing the ball back out to the three point line. And when we could have hit a layup and then boom, Bryce Brown knocks down a three and you're up six instead of up five. I mean, those are the little things. So I think that he's got to get that, figured out in the offseason. I think he did a really good job of evaluating this roster before last year's team mm-hmm. and saying this is what we need. He knew Jabari Smith was coming in, but he went out and got Kessler. He went and got KD and Zepp and Wendell. I mean, he can he really reconstructed that roster. It's a lot easier to do that when you're coming off a losing season like he was in 2020 as opposed to what 2020, 2021, as opposed to this team which you know may get to the NCAA tournament. It's it's more difficult to do that. Yeah, um, Cam brings up something that's kind of started the conversation in the live chat here. Cam says, "I just love the fact that we we're at the point where us losing in basketball stings." That's great. Yeah, it, I mean, I, it, I think it, that's a sign of where we are, right, Daryl? Yes. Yeah. When you look at this team and your rival fan bases revel in the fact that you get beat on the road in a Big Twelve shootout and you're sixteen and five. You're 16 and five. You're 16 and four when you lose the game to make you 16 and five, and you're six and two in the SEC, and you're pissed. Mm-hmm. I think that speaks volumes. I'm going to say this too. A lot of times we can look at things. Stats don't always tell the story, but I think if you look and, and look at this this stat line and realize that West Virginia made made three more three point baskets. They didn't shoot that much more than Auburn, but they made three more shots from behind the three point line. And they made eight more free throws. Now, some of that came late because Auburn sure. was fouling. And it's not a, a, a that's not an indictment on the referees. The foul calls were pretty even up until Auburn had to foul at the end. But West Virginia just took advantage from the free throw line. And Auburn was 13 of 18, not bad. West Virginia was 21 of 25. So you make eight more free throws in your opponent and two more threes or three more threes. And it's a three-point game. Boy, it... It's right there for the taking. You can see how if any one of those aspects of the game, Auburn would have done a little bit better or West Virginia would have done a little bit worse. Because mm-hmm. remember, during this winning streak, Zach, let's be honest, some of the teams Auburn were playing were hit, missing a lot of threes, a lot of wide-open threes. And I'm thinking to myself, when LSU and South Carolina and some of those teams are missing, Mississippi State didn't hit one. You're thinking, okay, what happens when they play a team that does start hitting threes? And we're yep. seeing that. We're seeing that now. We are. Clay asks, is it stupid to think, put Leor at the two, 
and take the hit on defense, but let him bomb it from three. Well, the defense at two isn't really like being great anyway. So, uh, sure. Why not? I'm cool with it. I mean, you got to do something from an offensive standpoint at the two. You have to. And, like, I'm even cool if you try something that doesn't work, Daryl. But you have to try something at the shooting guard position. Wes says, I warned y'all last week that Morgantown was not an easy place to play regardless of record. Wes, clearly you're correct. We've been saying that for three weeks. Remember when we were talking about this five-game stretch? I think I pushed back on it a little bit. You did. This five-game stretch, when I had Auburn going four and one, I had them winning – the AM game and losing in Morgantown. It ended up that they went three and two. But I, I mean, we've been saying mm-hmm. that you know all along. I, I know of this place. I've I know how rabid they are. 14,000 rabid fans. Uh that place is they yeah. are passionate about their sports. And so yeah, that's not an easy place to play at all. It's probably if you put that arena in the SEC, it's right there in the top three. Hardest place to wins. I'm yeah, telling you. That's probably true. Maybe that's true. Um, yeah, and going into this game, I didn't realize this. West Virginia was 21st in Ken Palm, despite having yeah. eight losses. I mean, that's just how loaded the Big 12 is this year. I mean, all those losses were against really good teams. So um, maybe there's uh maybe there's something, maybe there's something to that, Daryl. Um, all right, put in your questions or comments. We got a few minutes left and we will um we will wrap this up um yeah our friends at FanDuel they had Auburn plus four and a half so Auburn won in Vegas Mm. if you're interested in that sort of thing but sadly that doesn't that doesn't work here um another question all right Cam's asking about the refs there's a lot of people asking about the refs were these big 12 refs especially uh on the charge of Flanagan got on the fast break the reset of clock where Auburn throws the ball back in do you know what he's talking about there? I do. Uh, I don't know. I, I, saw, I remember the play on the charge, and it was a charge. Stevenson got over in time, was outside the, the, the circle, the restricted area. I don't understand the question about the reset of the clock. Um, okay. I do know there was a, a call too late where I think it was Broom went up for – or no, I know which one. The Cardwell alley-oop attempt that Wendell severely underthrew – um, Cardwell just went straight up to get it, didn't get it, and they called a foul on Dylan Cardwell for going over the back, which I thought oh. that was rather interesting. But at the end of the day, I thought the officiating was fair. It was equitable. Don't pay attention to the foul differential at the end because, again, Auburn fouled seven or eight times to put them on the free throw line on purpose. Mm-hmm. So I think the officiating – I just think that West Virginia did a better job of taking advantage of the opportunities at the free throw line that they had that Auburn did, but not by much, but enough to, you know, clearly make a difference. Leanne's given us a lineup here. Zepp at the one, Lior at two, Flanagan at the three, Jay Will at the four, and Broom at five. I'll look at it. I, I, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind watching that. I think Lior has come in and given Auburn good minutes, um, hit a big three. He's scrappy defensively. I just think he can't do that. He's not. That's not sustainable for him. He's He can play that level in spurts, but mm-hmm. he can't play that level in 20 minutes, and that's what you need from a starter at the two position. That's I think right. we're underestimating the fact that Chris Moore is not 100% healthy yet. I think we realized he had a shoulder problem that takes a while to heal, but he also got jacked in the, in the, in the face in practice Monday and took some stitches, which came out after the fact. Uh, yeah. So he's he's really dealing with two injuries. Let's see what happens when he gets back to his 
pre-injury level. I hope he does and gets his legs back out from underneath him because that's a big, big get for Auburn to get him going again uh, off the bench because he can spell Flanagan. Remember, he was hitting threes. He was doing right. everything. So That's get right. him going again, and I think that really helps this team from a from a not just a depth standpoint, but but from a production standpoint. All right, Daryl. Um, this has been another edition of Locked On Auburn's The Henry Service Company post game show. You can give our friends at Henry's a call for all of your HVAC, plumbing, or electrical needs. 334-288-2700. Alabama license number zero 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 two one. Daryl, how can people give you some love, buddy? Uh, before that, I want to give some love to the people that are on this chat. I know that it's difficult coming in here after a loss, after two losses. And I just, I know, I know I speak for you when I say we don't take that for granted. We really appreciate the no input question. and the participation. So thank you guys for your questions and for jumping on here uh, when you probably want to feel like you want to punch the TV. But um, you can get a hold of me at uh, DAP6410 down there at Twitter. Uh, Monday morning at 710, I'll be on with our good friend Ben Taylor, Auburn over like this morning, WANI for Double D Mondays. And uh, we'll be back at it. I guess Wednesday night is the Georgia game, correct? Is it a Wednesday tip? I haven't looked, but probably. Yeah. Whenever the correct. next Auburn at home against Georgia, we will be there and hopefully recapping a glorious Auburn victory. I hope so. A little revenge game against the rival. That'd be great. That yes, would be great. Yes. Um, hey, if you're in here and you aren't subscribed, please do so. We're closing in on 10,000 subs, which is ridiculous and incredible. So thank you so much for that. Once again, thank you to the Henry Service Company. Give them a call, 334-288-2700. And find all of my written work at auburndaily.com. This has been Locked on Auburn.